Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Did someone hit us with a cement brick on the way in here? What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I'd be lying if I called it a gay romp. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. When I read him, I like pull sections of my own hair out. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Not every song is going to slap. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Even more laughing, even more faces, (laughs) even more motherhood. I think it's going to be less motherhood. We thought we would do a bonus episode. You're right. No motherhood, more laughing, and two faces. The two faces of motherhood. This is going to be the stuff that we do without the kids, the stuff we're watching, listening to, and reading. Yeah, a little behind the scenes fun to start, Amy. How long have we been trying to record this episode? <laughs> Seriously, 15 minutes. I'm on uh, vacation this week and brought a smaller version of my usual mic, which I thought would work. And it's been uh, amazing. It, it, yeah. it's, it's going great. <laughs> You'd think five years in would be a little bit better at sound, but so far, no. So far. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see, what, we'll see happens. what happens. Hopefully you can hear Amy. Otherwise, just fast forward through Amy's parts and just listen to oh my Oh my gosh. But I have brought the receipts. I'm ready to talk about stuff that I'm watching right now. And uh, should we start with watching what we're watching right now? Our inspiration for this episode is that Amy and I often get on, you know, before we record, we see each other on video. And I'm like, before we start, bridge or, t- right. or whatever. And we have a long conversation about all the things we're watching and reading and doing. And then we're like, OK, now let's stop having fun and talk about motherhood, you know. And so we thought maybe we just record the fun part and see if that works and see if it's entertaining. Is it? Yet to be seen. So would you like to start? Would you like to tell me something you're watching right now as if I don't know? Well, everyone knows that I'm watching <laughs> um, Bridgerton. Yes, yes. Which I really, a lot of people dogged the second season of Bridgerton. And uh, I don't know. I really, really liked it. I thought it was, I mean, it's so silly. It's just 400 hours of two people almost kissing. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's so silly, but... It's all for me. I really like it. I'm into it. I like Bridgerton. I'm, I'm a fan. You know, my problem is when you have big kids, my TV watching can really only happen with my kids who stay up later than me, right? So, and they're teenagers, so they'll watch whatever, but I, at least the first season of Bridgerton, you cannot watch Bridgerton with your children. No, you can't watch Bridgerton with them. 
No. No, please no. don't. So I, I so second season, can I start with the second season, which is less salacious and more sad with my kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually can. There's almost no that's what people were complaining about. They <laughs> were like, you know, there's not enough. The first season was insane over the top. Like it was just a twenty four hour makeout session. And I will say the Duke was the did you watch the first season of Bridgerton at all? No. Like I said, I, I don't get TV time without a child with me. Yes. Oh, Amy, on the plane. No, no, no. We're going to, <laughs> right. although it might be hard to watch on a plane because like the people next to you would be like, what is wrong with that lady? Given we don't care about each other on planes anymore, right? We're all feral, but, yeah. but I'm not going to put Bridgerton on. Yeah, exactly. You could just be part of the problem. I will say that um loved Bridgerton. The Duke is gone, but I found the second season hottie extremely hot. And I liked the girl. I mean, I, I just loved it. I loved Bridgerton, but I've talked about that one already. So I will give you my other... Okay. New new hot tip? Problematic bingeable. Okay. <laughs> problematic, but bingeable. I'm going to hashtag problematic bingeable. <laughs> the thing about Pam, which is a dateline brought to life in fictional form starring Renee Zellweger. Zellweger? Is it about Pamela Smart? No, it is about, if you don't know the story, you'll, you should, li there's a podcast that you should listen to. This is, pin it for what we're listening to. All good shows come from podcasts. There's I mean, an amazing clearly. podcast called The Thing About Pam. And then they made a movie of it that is very, I mean, again, I keep talking to people and they're like, it's so lame and campy. Like, Basically, it's Renee Zellweger wearing a fat suit, which I have a lot to say about, but I'm not going to even go down that rabbit hole. But like, didn't we leave that behind? I thought Shallow Hal was. Yeah, we're not. We're done with fat suits, guys. We're done with fat suits. It's not being done anymore. I was in an airport lounge recently watching Shallow Hal like on the wall without sound and was thinking like, this is useful in a my God, how did this get made sort of way? But okay. Right. How did this yeah. happen? Yeah. And um, I'm enjoying the thing about Pam while recognizing that it's problematic. I mean, it is so over the top. It's like they were just having fun making it. Like, there's just really stupid sequences. It's not dream sequences. It's poorly done in terms of a lot of it is like my sister and my friend Justine and I were on a text thread about it. And I was like, the big gulp should get like a supporting acting role. Like it's just basically like <laughs> Renee Zellweger in a fat suit. Like 90% of her acting involves the way she drinks a big gulp. Like she's constantly like, she's like, well, anyway. <laughs> and then there's this like lots of slurping of the big gulp and she's doing like a crazy accent. I mean, it's not, I'm going to say this as a blanket statement. Nothing I'm going to recommend today is actually good. <laughs> but it's a problematic bingeable. Yeah. It's problematic bingeable. It's been cold in New York. Do you want me to talk about Jonathan Franzen Crossroads? You don't. Like, I, I liked it, but like, that's not what I'm looking for right now. I'm looking for easy. It goes down easy. No problems. I have never heard of this show, but my takeaway from this is like, People ask me about like acting and are you not acting anymore? I'm like, I'm not acting anymore. And here's why. Because Renee Zellweger is playing Pam and the thing about Pam. So, yeah. And when Renee Zellweger is willing to do that, there's nothing for me. That's right. I was just my dad was just asking me. He's like, because Amy was on the show Blue Bloods, which is my dad's favorite 
show. My dad loves the show Blue Bloods, as do my in-laws. And so Amy gets a lot of cred because <laughs> my in-laws and my dad will be like, you know, Margaret does a podcast with, they call me Meg, Meg does a podcast with a girl who was on Blue Bloods. Like, that's your claim to fame as far as they're concerned. And <laughs> no. he was like, what's what's Amy doing acting-wise? Like, I haven't seen her on Blue Bloods recently. I have to set that free. I, I broke up with it. You know what I'm saying? Before it broke up with me. Right. That's right. I, I enjoy this so much more. All right. Should I give you some of my my watching tips? Set it free. Yeah. You have a new career as my online podcast bestie. Oh, go ahead. Yes. I also want to say that Erica, who works on the podcast with us, just tagged me on Slack when she listened to the last episode and said, Margaret, if you like Bridgerton, you would love Sandition on PBS, like Sand I-10. So I'm putting that out there as well. I might dig in. I have not vetted this suggestion, but I wanted to add it to our that's, list. That's what we'll put that in the plot. Okay. So last night I watched with my uh, 17-year-old, I watched Michael Clayton, which was a 2007 movie starring George Clooney. And I watched it because- Oh, I like that movie. Yeah. I mean, 2007, I would have said 2018. Like I am, it's wild how those movies go by. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know, like that was that was the year that my third child and, and four years was born. So I didn't see many movies that year. But there was a there's a really funny meme. Somebody made a yard sign. You know how you see those yard signs like in this house, we believe science is real. Correct. You Correct. know, we love everyone. You know, whatever. So somebody made a, a, a funny spoof of those that in, to put in their yard in this house. We believe that Michael Clayton is one of the best movies of the <laughs> 21st century. And everybody should watch it because it's a really well made legal drama. And he got into a whole thing with this homeowners association. They're trying to get him to take it down. And he was like, no, this is the hill I die on. This sign will remain in my yard. Michael Clayton is a great movie. You can burn my house down, but Michael Clayton right. was one of the best movies. So I was telling my kid about this, how funny that was. And then I said, like, I guess we should watch it. So we watched it last night and uh, I definitely recommend it. I mean, I'm making it sound like it's for family viewing. Like it's not like my kid is like a grown up. We watched this together. It's a lawyer fighting something. George Clooney plays a fixer. And it was interesting because my son was like, what's a fixer? And I started talking about Michael Cohen. And like, anyway, it's like, it's the guy you call when there's a mess that has to be cleaned up before anybody else finds out. So he's a fixer and he is very good at it, but he doesn't like that he's very good at it. Anyway, it's a really well made, really well acted, tons of theater actors. And every scene I was like, I know that person. I know that person. They weren't household names, but I knew them. And you know, that's a good movie. They get there killing the one scene that they got. And going back to what we said before, I freaking love it when a casting director gives the one scene to a really good theater actor instead of... Speaking of theater actors, are you watching The Gilded Age? No, but Sarah Levithan, who is somebody else who works in our podcast, she just recommended The Gilded Age as something we should all be watching. My sister has a term that is one of my favorite terms in the world, which is I believe not original to her, but let's give her the credit because we're trying to get on her good side so that she does not release her memoir, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, Crying Behind the Scenes, about how I stole Amy from her, which is objectively mm -hmm. true. Her term is delightmare. <laughs> and it's like something that is, it's a nightmare, but it's so delicious that you can't turn away. For me, Gilded Age is firmly in the delightmare category. Okay. It's chock full of like big time theater actors from our day, basically, like all of the people who were big Broadway sensations, like maybe 20 years ago. Okay. And it's not good. There's no way you could describe it as good. <laughs> Although I know people who like it objectively. I think it's they like just like seeing people they know marching across the screen, right? I don't know. I do. 
it's very, to me, like nobody does anything that makes sense. Everybody's in a different movie. It's one of those movies where Cynthia Nixon is playing like the old bitty aunt and she's like, oh no, my dog Pumpkin has disappeared. And then other people are like, hey, how are you? Like, it's just wild. Like everybody's from a completely different movie, but it is a delightmare. I don't know. It's enjoyable. The costumes are amazing. The sets, it's a lot of CGI, which I don't love. But I mean, how else do you do it? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, 1890s New York or whatever. It's, it would be a $100 million movie, right, if you had to sort of create all that. Yeah, I mean, and still, they're spending a ton of money on it. I find a lot of the people completely insipid. I find other people like, what are you even doing? What choices are you making? It's so strange. <laughs> but my husband and I like to watch it and goof on it. And that's our vibe with it. And that happens. I think also we started it and started goofing on it. And now like it's too late. Like we started being like, I wonder if this girl will have the same problem she's had in every six episodes so far. And so even if it got good, like we can't turn it around. We can't. My sister and I saw um, my younger sister who has no beef with us. We saw Les Miserables, the movie in the theater, the musical. And for some reason, I think it's Hugh Jackman who starts it off and he like walks on screen and he opens his mouth and he's like, and he just starts singing in his weird (laughs) Hugh Jackman way. And we just started dying laughing. And then we could not stop laughing through the whole movie. Like suddenly it was like, do you ever have that thing where you're like, these people won't stop singing? Like you you miss the conceit. Somehow the conceit doesn't land for you and it's ruined. That's how Gilded Age is for us. I felt that way in Les Mis when Russell Crowe started singing. I was with it until until Russell Crowe. Yeah, we lost it way earlier. But believe me, when <laughs> Russell Crowe started singing, we were like wetting our pants. We were just like, this This is insane. Like, did someone hit us with a cement brick on the way in here? Like, is this really happening? I uh, want to give a shout out to Dope Sick, which both of us watched on Hulu oh, and really, really so liked. Good. We talked about it offline a great deal. But one of the things we talked about, going back to what you were saying, the Gilded Age, is that there is like one setting where people are in a completely different TV show than the rest of the setting. Yes. Like you go to Appalachia where the coal mining community is being completely ravaged by opioid addiction. And like every moment is so real. Every actor yes. with half a line is amazing. And then you go to the New York City where the Sackler family is having dinner at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And they're just like stereotypes and bad hair pieces and a good different style of acting it moves into like high wig work is so alarming you're like what is happening here there's one guy who's like he looks like he's in an snl skit like he's a small i think what happened i was talking to somebody else about that movie i think what happened is they went for like real authenticity about what those people are actually like and what they look like and what they sound like but because you don't know those people at all like what was the movie that was set at fox news and nicole kidman looks just like gretchen carlson and and you're like oh my god how did they look so charlie's theron looks just and you're like wow that's incredible right like and you and you and megan kelly like right you're just shocked right how did they do this? Right. But the problem with the Sackler family is you don't know what they look like. So all you see is the wigs and the weird prosthetics. And then everyone's kind of like, you know, Sammy, I I always wanted to tell you. And you're like, what? why are you doing the weird voice? 
there were large choices, as we say in the in the theater, large choices, and they didn't really. Yeah, and I don't blame the actors. I know one of the actors who is a Sackler, and let me tell you, fantastic actor. But I, I think they just were like, we need to really lean in on the authenticity of these looks. And when you look at them, because you don't know who they are, it's like watching a Saturday Night Live skit that's parodying people you've never seen in your life. Yes, yes. And I, I wonder if it might have been because of COVID, you know, trying to do TV and movie on COVID sets. They were so cloistered. There's so many crazy rules. And I wonder if really it was like another director, another the city, you know, and they just were running on separate tracks that nobody put it together until much later and been like, these are two different shows. Hmm. Well, let's cut it together. Possible, but still, still worth, worth watching. watching because Michael Keaton is incredible in it and it's a great story. Amy, that's all the time we have for what we're watching. We're going to be back with what we're reading. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? Say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, what are you reading? I am reading right now a memoir called I Am, I Am, I Am by Maggie O'Farrell. Have you heard of it? No, I love a memoir, too. I'm writing it down. It's very good. I actually got it from Literati. I'm in the Literati book club. They used to be a sponsor of ours. I'm still in the book club and you get a book every month and it's kind of fun, right? You, you get an email. It's like, this is the book you're going to get unless you want to pick a different club. And I had always wanted to read this book. So this book is a memoir and I'm working on a memoir right now. So I thought, okay, I need to read good memoir. She goes through 17 different times in her life that she almost died. And some of them are completely huge and high drama. 
And some of them are like, you know, you got knocked over by a wave and then all of a sudden you were fine, but it could have gone the other way. You know, those moments, those sliding doors moments in our lives, beautifully written. One of these books, it's like, okay, I, I can never write anything like this. I'm going to give up right now. But it, and it kind of skips around, but it just absolutely beautifully written and just makes you realize how that sliding doors thing, how every moment of your life is just sort of fertile with possibility and things could have gone another way and good ways too. And and what almost happened, but didn't. It's incredible. Not depressing, though. I can't take anything dark right now. I'm not going to call it a light read. I'd be lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. I'd be lying if I called it a gay romp, but it's beautiful. I'm going to tell you that I have gone the other way. I First, I have to shout out a memoir that I loved. It's by a writer who I don't love at all. I actually find extremely annoying, who is Ross. I can't remember if it's Ross or Roth. Doohat. He's a... New York Times columnist. Yeah. Uh huh. D-O-U-H-A-T, something like that. New York Times conservative columnist who like, when I read him, I like pull sections of my own hair out and he drives me so crazy. But, and I recommended this memoir to you, but I bet you haven't read it yet. No. Because I'm not seeing recognition in your eyes. He is like this guy who's like very kind of, you know, as conservative writers tend to be like, okay, my opinions and here are my six points and I'm very sure of my opinions. And then he gets diagnosed with Lyme disease, chronic Lyme disease, and he has an unbelievable bout of it. And he goes down this crazy rabbit hole of trying to find a cure for his Lyme disease. And I mean, like, he's like buying like spectrometers and like strapping them to his head. And like, here is this guy who's like, I know the answers to life. He's dealing with an illness that at certain points of it, he's not even sure is real. It's a fascinating book. And it... It really takes you on this journey. As someone who's dealt with chronic illness, I think you would really like this book. It's about like how you get lost in things and like you just get out on these weird ledges and you're like, no, I'm a logical person. But suddenly like somebody told me that this music has a frequency that cures this and you're suddenly doing all this stuff that you're like, I would never. If someone told me they were doing this, I'd be like, okay, crazy. But you're suddenly in it. Fascinating book. It's called The Deep Places. I also have like on my nightstand sort of half read a book by Megan O'Rourke called The Invisible Kingdom. And this is a new book, also a memoir, also about unexplained chronic illness. And she has a lot in there about long COVID. It's not a long COVID book, but you can tell like you can tell it was in the publishing process. Then they're like, "Eh, slam on the brakes. Now you have to write about long COVID. Same with this book. He gets long COVID as part of the at the end of the book. It's fascinating. I loved it. But as a complete departure, I had a rough two months. Amy's heard all my cares and woes. But I just got to a point where reading, I couldn't even really watch like maybe Gilded Age, but like we were watching that um, post-apocalyptic show, uh, Station Eleven. And I was <laughs> like, nope, me. nope, can't do it. Like I need... Great movie, but right, yeah, great series, but you have to be in the mood. I need like whipped cream off of a spoon. Like I cannot handle anything harder than that. And in some, you know, random Facebook, I think it's the Peloton Moms Book Club. And they, all these people were recommending Colleen Hoover. Have you ever heard of this author? No. She's basically like a romance author. I have read like six of her books. I I mean, they're, they're the kind of books, they're kind of easy reads. 
they're like, you know what sometimes I like is like a good mystery story or those stories that are like the last thing he ever said or like she, the night she went missing. It's like the, it's like the, the books that Chris, um, Kristen Bell, she made a movie that is called like the women, the woman in the window with the, ne- the Netflix show. Yeah. No, I, I, I was going to say that's really good. That's, that's, that's whipped cream on a spoon. Yeah. But it, but it's parroting all the books that I like, right? Which are, but even that was a little too like, every once in a while you start one of those books and it's like, oh, this is a serial killer who like cuts people's ears off and feeds them to ducks. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to think about that. You know what I mean? Like it gets too <laughs> gross for me. And so that book hasn't been written, by the way. That's a free idea for anyone out there. That's a free serial killer book idea. If you want to. The girl who saw the man that <laughs> the ate good. the ducks here. The girl who witnessed the <laughs> duck feeding ear man. Take it, run with it. It's all yours. But these books are like kind of page turnery, but nothing bad really happens to anybody. They're romances, really, which I, as genre, I've never considered. Oh, yeah. What is that? What is romance? Tell me more about this feeling. I know. Romances. Like, it's a lot of, it's kind of Bridgerton in book form. It's a lot of almost kissing and then like, I can't do this and I can't tell you why. And he slams out the door. Like, that's, that's about what I can handle right now is like, I really shouldn't be kissing you, but I am anyway. That's the book I want. I feel like it's incumbent upon me to recommend a book that's not out yet, but it's going to be very soon, which is our good friend KJ Delantonia has a new novel coming out called In Her Boots. It's coming out uh, next month, I think, and you can pre-order it. This is delicious whipped cream from a spoon. The whole time I'm reading this book, which I read in like two days, I'm thinking like, okay, I can picture this rom-com. Like, I'm so going to this movie. I could so picture yes. this beautiful farmhouse that this, oh, love it. you know, rugged cowboy yep. woman who doesn't care about love owns. It, it, it's delightful. And her last book was picked by Reese Witherspoon as a Reese's book club pick. So this one is being eagerly awaited. The Chicken Sisters. Yeah, yeah. The Chicken Sisters. That was a good one, too. Chicken Sisters. Yeah, but In Her Boots is a delightful, you know, fun, forget your troubles. That's what I'm into right now. I was recently just uh, came back from Florida and I was on JetBlue. And so the TV was on and it was like a Saturday afternoon. Like there's nothing on TV. They don't, there's not even like a good like house redo marathon. Like, and so I was flipping around and I ended up watching an amazing movie called Engaged to a Psycho. Um, (laughs) Lifetime. I mean, we're back on things we watched, but it was like a lifetime movie about a girl who was engaged to a psycho, although it, I don't know if the title, I don't want to spoil it, but I don't feel like she was really engaged to a psycho. I feel like there were other problematic figures. A little bit of a twist there. I, I don't want to ruin engaged to a psycho for you guys. Are they throwing the term around, you're saying? Maybe they're over-applying it? Yeah. It, it just, I was promised a psycho. It did not seem like anyone had put a tremendous amount of thought into the script. And then it was really funny because it's about this like super wealthy family but the scene happens on like a yacht, but it's clearly like a rental boat. Like you can kind of see that it's a boat that would normally take like a hundred people out to see the river. And then they're on this like really muddy brown river. It's just funny. Like it's funny in the way of like what what happened here with these production values. Was it Lifetime? What what like? Yeah, it's Lifetime. I think it's on Lifetime. I mean, I want to give the makers credit because it gave me two hours of true delight while I was flying home. I mean, I was completely engaged. I was like, wow, this girl made some bad choices. And like, it just is really funny. She gets on the boat and she's like, they're like, are you going to go swimming? And she's like, I actually don't know 
how to swim. And I'm like, okay, she's getting pushed off the boat at some point by a psycho. And uh, of course, she's like posing for a picture. And then they cut to like the railing has been sawed away. And then they cut back to her face, cut back to the railing like 900 (laughs) times in scary music plays. And then they're like, lean back more for the picture. And she falls overboard. It just... I don't know. Engage to a psycho, people. If you really want an afternoon off, I say check it out. Uh, and back in my sitcom days, the writers used to call that laying pipe. Like if she's going to be pushed yes. over, then three pages before you have to say that she can't swim. And the executive producer of the show would be like, there's a lot of pipe here. Can we cut some yes. of this pipe? Let me tell you, a lot of pipe in Engage to a Psycho. Like, it's like, I hope you don't mind, but I'm terrifically allergic to bees. And then it's like, I don't know, let's go on a picnic. And then 15 minutes later, you're like, come on, bees, just attack the girl already and get it over with. Where's the beehive? Where's the beehive? You know, another book that I'm reading right now that I wanted to give a shout out to is our friend Jenny Nash. She has a book also uh, coming out next month. And we're lucky we get to read these things ahead of time. But it's called Blueprint for a Nonfiction Book. And I'm working on a book right now, and it is a blueprint, and it's really useful. Book deal. And yep. he has a book deal, friends. Get ready. Yep. Now all I have to do is read it. Love that. I will give another shout out to something else that I'm using. It's a little bit what I'm listening to, but it's an app that I found out about on a podcast, and it's called Autumn, A-U-D-M. Oh, Yeah. I am very obsessed with Autumn because I used to love like The New Yorker and Vanity Fair and like the long form trouble at a boarding school, like a just <laughs> weird investigation about something that like I don't really care, but like I'll spend, you know, I, I like the 30 minutes in the bathtub of like, here's a guy on the Internet who started a cult and, you know, it went real weird. Twin Flames. Can you, uh, oh, no, I was going to say The Lost Children of Sarah Lawrence. There's the, Oh, that that's incredible. Stop what you're doing. There was a, a long read uh, article in New York Magazine about a guy at Sarah Lawrence who moved into his daughter's dorm room and wouldn't leave. And the parents were like, uh, there's a guy like in our kid's dorm room. And Sarah Lawrence was like, well, he's a guest. He's free to stay. Became like their cult leader. And they all had to give him like their family's whole money. He's now going to jail. But it all started because somebody did a terrific long read in New York Magazine called The Lost Children of Sarah Lawrence. It will soon be a Lifetime movie. Oh, for sure. And I've been like reading. I I just heard a podcast by the authors of that article. I'm waiting for the real podcast. Amy's gone deep on The Lost Children of Sarah Lawrence. When we were talking about a bonus episode, Amy was like, let's do one on The Lost Children of Sarah Lawrence. And I'm like, I'm not sure that's 45 minutes. But I like what you're thinking about. But boy, is it riveting. But man, she's all the way. It's what she's thinking. But you need like half an hour to read the article. So you use this app. It's audible, but for long form articles. And it's fantastic. I really like it. So slightly robotic. Yeah. I mean, like Uh I'll go now and listen to Lost Children of Sarah Lawrence. But there's a couple of readers I don't like as much as the other people. But it is like a Siri voice. It's like AI generated, right? You're not like... Oh, no, no, no. It's real. It's real readers. It's like Audible. Like every... Oh, every article is like assigned to an actual like... Yes. Someone reads it. Narrator. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Audible. They're read. And there's a there's like maybe 10... Uh, maybe it's gotten bigger now. When I first started, there were like six readers. And because it's um, articles, there's a lot of like... And then I killed her, he said. <laughs> and there's one woman who has a cadence to her... He said, she said, it just drives me crazy. So not my fave, but I will listen to whoever reads the, and and I just, I've lost the time in my life to sit for 45 minutes in the bathtub and read a Vanity Fair article about a cult that started accidentally at Sarah Lawrence. (laughs) But I want that content in my life. So I will go to my 
Audem, A-U-D-M app, and I will listen to it while I'm driving around and it will make me happy. Have I told you how much I love the Pocket app for reading stuff like this? It isn't, no. doesn't read it to you, but there's an app called Pocket. And I love it because, you know, you see something on social media that you want to read later or somebody sends you, this is a cool article. You just like with the click, you send it, send it to Pocket. And then when you're at the dentist's office or for me on the subway or whatever, you have 15 minutes to kill, you open this app. And here are all these like half hour long articles that you meant to read. And it also means you're not stopping what you're doing to read this article about dental hygiene that somebody said you should read. You can save it for when you have time to read it. It's great for like airplanes and stuff. You have all this stuff saved up to read that you wanted to read that you kind of forgot about. And you read it off your phone or you have an iPad? I read it off my phone. I mean, I, it's, it's one of those like clean interfaces, like it gets rid of the ads and stuff. So it's very okay. easy to read. So it's way better than... I try to go to that first instead of just opening social media because there's something there I chose to read instead of just here's what's next in front of my eyeballs. Yeah, I like and s- instead of the like 45 minute scroll. Yeah. All right. We're coming back with things that you should listen to. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate. Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H dot com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Amy, I've talked before about maintenance phase. I love that podcast so much. Everyone knows maintenance phase. I don't need to give them a shout out. We are always laughing about podcast lists and rankings because as a podcast that's trying to get on lists and part of rankings, they're always like, you should check out this amazing new podcast from Conan O'Brien. And I'm like, guys, you know who doesn't need 
the boost, Conan O'Brien. Like, yeah. how about a nice small mom podcast that people maybe would like to discover? Like, there is like, here's a hot new podcast from Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> right. I don't know if you've heard it's of them. Like, yeah. guys. The discoverability is all set there. We, and that's why I don't need to shout out Maintenance Face because they're an extremely popular podcast. But I do. I really enjoy it. Aubrey Gordon. I would love to get her on our podcast. She's just so delightful and funny to me. And Michael, I can't remember his name right now, but the other host. I just I love the way they talk about things. They're so funny together. And I, I think that they're talking basically about diets and wellness wellness and like exploding a lot of myths around diet and wellness in a way that I find self-affirming and wonderful. Yeah, I like that one. Love it. Maintenance face. I want to give a shout out to Fluster Clucks, which is a Mm. podcast for parents of kids who worry and parents who worry. It's about anxiety. And Lynn Lyons is an anxiety parenting coach. And Wow. Like, I think some of us actually have like children with anxiety that's diagnosed and some of us think we might. And all of us have kids and households where the last two years have made things a little intense. And and I just think there, yes. there isn't anybody who couldn't learn from these episodes. And she and her co-host, Robin Hudson, who's your sister-in-law. So Lynn Lyons is the expert and Robin Hudson is the like, you know, the everyday one of us person. But they have a great rapport and they deliver really useful content in a really entertaining and, and fun way. And in even some episodes, if you have an anxious kid, that you could even listen to with your anxious kid. And it's, it's anyway, it's really useful. Amy, what else are you listening to? I found, I'll give you an episode and then I'll give you a podcast. So an episode I found just this week that I loved is an episode of Revisionist History, which, as you said, is like a, a large podcast. But this is an episode called Puzzle Rush, which is very interesting if you have kids who are involved in standardized testing, because this episode looks at the idea that to do well on the LSAT or any standardized test you have to work really quickly. And why is that important? Do we, we need lawyers to work quickly once they're lawyers? Not necessarily. Or like chess champions, you can play chess really fast and one kind of player wins, or you can play chess without time limits and a totally different type of player wins. And both of those players are really good at chess. And you know the chess world understands that. So why, why do we apply this arbitrary timed thing to testing to decide who's smart? It's such... It's Malcolm Gladwell takes the LSAT, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. my problem with podcasts is I have listened to every episode (laughs) of every podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah, that one was pretty good. Invisible history. Yep. With the LSAT. But I think about that so, so often. And it's classic. I have a kid in supported education and it's classic when you have kids. It's just such an interesting thing that I think people are beginning to think about. This is getting dangerously close to an actual (laughs) episode of our show. So I'll get off of it in just a moment. But I do think it's so interesting how different kids learn and how we're starting to understand that like there's an expression, if you judge a fish by its ability to ride a bicycle, you're always Mm. disappointed in the fish, right? And it's, that's it. Like you might have a fish who's on land and you might have a bird who's underwater and you're going to be like, this, this bird sucks. And it's like, no, 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 this bird just doesn't know how to swim. Like this is a flying bird. And that episode captures that in a way that I hadn't really heard expressed before. And it's super fascinating. I think about it constantly. Like, how do we mine what it what people are good at in a more meaningful way? All right. P.S. If we want there to be great lawyers, then them being really fast at taking a test is, should not be the only way we decide. Yeah. My sister-in-law has talked to me a lot about this, about like, especially for kids like one of my kids, 
a lot of school is exactly wrong for them. Like not great at transitions, what you do. Like there's no other time of your life where it's like 8 a.m., art. Next up, sports. Now, math. Like no one would do that well as an adult. Like that's not what we do. My, I was out with my niece last night who's in medical school and she was talking about how her class, everybody comes in to go to medical school. And then at their phase, they start to like look for specialties. And she says like the conversations are really interesting, right? That people are like, oh, I, I don't like this specialty because people get sick and die. And that, and like other people are like, but I love that because you're trying to figure out the mystery and like you're really trying to help people. And like, but, and like other people are like, oh, I, I just find like dealing, having to talk to people, like they want to deal with unconscious people. They want like to be surgeons who like, <laughs> they only deal with people when they're unconscious. You know, I don't like the chit chat. Other people are like, oh, I love meeting six people a day and helping them. And I think, it's just a fascinating topic, like how you identify what people are good at. Could talk about it all day, obviously, Amy, but that's not what we're here to discuss. We're here to discuss things we're listening to. Well, I have one more podcast recommendation, which is something called Radio Rental. Okay. Have you heard of this one? No. I mean, you've stumped me, which is shocking. It's Tenderfoot TV. Oh, my God, I'm so exciting. I, you thought you'd come to the end of podcasts. I was like, I, I've listened to them all. I'm done with the podcast world. Some Twitter thread or something was like, what's like the most scary episode of a podcast you've ever listened to? Amy, I already told you I don't want to be scared. But like spooky, not like, uh, you know, there's another pandemic. <laughs> just, just <laughs> Spooky is scary, but OK. OK, well, my my daughter, my my 14 year old is really into this stuff. So she loves scary movies, scary podcasts. And so. So for a big kid, I was looking for something I could do in a, a car ride with her. And I was like, this episode is of Radio Rental is the scariest thing I've ever listened to. And it's stayed with me in that sort of spooky way. So I thought, OK, I'll try it. And we were driving along. And the, the conceit of it is that it's this man who lives like in an old video, works in an old video store. And he's like, here are some videotapes. It's weird that there are videotapes, but whatever. He's like, these are my special tapes. If you want something really scary, you have to listen to this. And it's kind of like a Vincent Price store on I wish you could all see my face right now. I'm like, what is Amy talking about? Well, so we had listened, we listened to a few episodes before the, this Vincent Price sort of, you know, store owner makes a joke. I'm like, it sounds like, it sounds like something Dwight from The Office would say. Well, guess what? It's Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson oh does God. the voice of the video store owner. And it's, they're just, you know, in between interstitials, in between the stories. And then the stories are, it's just really well done. It's like, one time I heard a spooky noise downstairs and I went downstairs and it looked like somebody had been in my house, but I'll never know. Like they take like 10 minutes to do that, but they do it with the absolute best sound effects and stuff. So it just like builds dread. Is it real stories or fake stories? Yeah, it's real stories. So it's like one time I went to the woods and there was a girl there who I thought was a ghost. And then I went back and she wasn't there. And but I, then I did find this one thing and like, I'll never know. Like, it's, <laughs> the, it's those kind of stories. I like how they are all like, I'll never know. Yeah, they're like campfire stories that are told really well with really good audio. I would say anybody like under 10, no, but 10 and up, they're sort of spooky stories with with Rain Wilson playing this really funny. 10 and up or scaredy cats like me should not listen. No scaredy cats. No but, scaredy but, cats yeah. allowed. Yeah. I like a podcast that that reminds me of, but it's real stories. I mean, I guess that is real stories, but it's criminal. Do you listen to that podcast? I, I have done. Yes. It's the, the woman who hosts it has a very... um unusual delivery style. Yes, yes, mannered delivery. And it's not for everybody. It's kind of Keith Morrison from Dateline. <laughs> like, and that's how it happens with murder. Like, you have to really, 
you have to maybe accept like this might not be for you, but you hear a whole person's story. But they're all stories about crimes. And the ones that I like the best are you don't really see the crime coming. Sometimes it's just a story of a crime, but often it's like a story about two people. It's like Amy and Margaret have a podcast and like. It turns out like somehow in the end that like Amy is not a real person and has been defrauding me the whole time. Like it's sometimes the crimes really cat like you cannot figure out where it's going. And then I get a good solid gasp out of many of the episodes like, oh, my God, she's the criminal. Like whatever it is, it's it's fun. Criminals with Phoebe Judge. I'm Phoebe Judge. <laughs> okay. You'll know the voice as soon as you hear it. Amy, let's talk about music. You don't listen to music. Not so much. Yeah, I, I have... I have. You hum occasionally, but you're not a music person. Uh, I just like... I love silence and podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I love voices. I have to say, podcasts has taken over a tremendous amount of my listening real estate. And I find that I have a bad habit with music where I fall in love with a piece of music like a like the Lizzo album, let's say, from a couple of years ago. And I just play it 400 times until I can never listen to it again. Like, I have that problem. I try to go back. That's very old-fashioned of you, right? To listen to an album from Is beginning it? to end. I feel like my kids don't really do that. Yeah. And I, I find, like, I, I have 400, um, what do you call them, playlists on my phone. And I go back and, like... I can't stand to listen to any of the songs. Like I burn, I ruin everything. It's like, it's like I eat too much sugar and then I'm like, yeah, I can never have yeah. that again. You know, it's strawberry shortcake ice cream bars. When I was pregnant, I ate like 400 of them. And now <laughs> the smell of them makes me gag. You know, that's how I am with music. So I just burn through music. But right now, and this is, I'm such an old person to be saying this, but my jam right now is Taylor Swift. I'm so, my nieces kind of like got me, caught up in Taylor Swift. And she has two new albums that are like, I mean, people might be mad at me for saying this, although I don't think I'm the first person to say it. They're like Joni Mitchell adjacent. They're, what do you call that? They're like folk music. Folky. Yeah. I'm telling you, Amy, check them out. Okay. I will. It, you don't even have to check them out because I'm going to be playing them in our hotel room full time because Amy and I are going to a conference this week and you will get <laughs> so tired of this music. The first album is, I don't know which one came first, actually. One of them is called Folklore. And the other one is called Evermore. And the songs, I, my favorite author, I mean, I can't say anymore because it was like a high school thing, but I am a J.D. Salinger. Oh, guy. really? And my husband recently revealed to me that he had never read a J.D. Salinger book. And so for Christmas, I bought him all the J.D. Salinger books and like stood over him while he read them screaming, aren't they great? Which, you know, I don't know how that experience was for him, but it's what happened. It never, right. He's from Texas. Like, I think the J.D. Salinger stuff is very uh, aspirational East Coast. Like, if you wanted to be like a good looking prep school kid as a kid, I think that's where it hits me. And I don't I don't think it just, right. it just doesn't hit him in that same way. And he's like, this is like a, yeah, a Turkish bath or something. I don't really understand the rules. Yeah, it's definitely not working for him. But the J.D. Salinger wrote four books in total. Franny and Zoe. Catcher in the Rye. What else? What are the other two? Raise High the Roof Beam Carpenters and Seymour an Introduction is a companion book with two different stories in it. And then there's another book called Nine Stories. You are a Salinger completist. Oh, I know everything about J.D. Salinger. I'm obsessed. And as you read the books, you realize that a bunch of the stories interconnect, that it's the same family that he's telling all these different stories about. And to me, when I was reading those books, it was so magical, like, oh my gosh, it's all the same world. Like he's in this one world and like everything he's doing comes out of this one world. Like everything he's ever written is somehow 
tied into this world. And it's phenomenal. And the album, which one is it? I think it's Evermore. I'm looking at my phone. Is No, it's Folklore. I mean, first of all, I just love it. Not every song. There's a couple of duds, like anything. Not every song is going to slap. But there's a bunch of songs that tell the same story from different perspectives. Oh, clever. So it's like you hear, it's a guy who cheats on a girl, and there's a song from the guy's point of view, and then there's a song from the girl's point of view, and then there's a song from like the mistress's point of view. It's so good. I don't want to hear from her. I'm uninterested in hearing the mistress's point of view. Oh, but she's the best. (laughs) You're like, oh yeah, everyone has their own point of view. There's something magical about it to me. Evermore and then folklore. I I just, it's funny, like Taylor Swift, whatever. And then New Year's, because she has a song called 22. Do you know that song? No. Oh my God. My niece was blasting it on New Year's. I mean, probably I do. Like you play it. That's what happens with my kids. I'm like, what's, the, I don't know the song. Yes, you know. And then it gets to the refrain. I'm like, okay, I, I guess I do. Oh, I have the opposite with my kids who are now like on the video games and stuff. It'll play like take on me. And they're like, how do you know this song? <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is my jam Every right word. Here. Every <laughs> word. And I can act out the pencil sketch video if you need me to. Uh, So check out those Taylor Swift albums And the song 22 is really lighting up my life Get 22 and Getaway Car Those are my two songs that are like I'm jamming to And then the two folksy albums All right, I'll be doing that Okay, so we're going to put the links to everything we talked about today I mean, you're going to be busy for the next year You're done, guys Like, retire Your eyes, your ears are full of great stuff Stand up, take your headphones out And yell loudly to your family I'm out for six months. Right. I've got a lot to get to. I've got memoirs. I've got bad TV shows. I've got, what do we call them? Questionable. Uh, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you guys a gift. I'm going to put all the podcast episodes. This will be easy on a playlist. I'll make a Spotify playlist of the uh, podcasts that we mentioned. And then I'll just give you guys one playlist in the show notes. Huge if true, Amy. I love that. I know. I'm being... Get it done. Yeah, that'll be easy. But what was the term we used to describe the TV show with the fat suit? It was like questionable binge. <laughs> it was binge it was questionable. Quest- binge questionable. <laughs> Something like that. it was. Lots of those on this too. Uh, thanks for hanging with us on our bonus episode. This was fun, Amy. It was seriously fun. And we'll talk to you next time about actual parenting stuff. <laughs> So long. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. 
On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.